This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Hi, what's up? My name is Dean Tai. I'm a singer-songwriter, DJ, and producer based in Sydney. And I have a brand new show called the DTF Club here in Joy 94.9. The DTF Club, unlike what you think it is, actually stands for the Dean Tai Friends Club. Every single week, we'll be talking to local queer artists, drag queens, DJs, and other queer performers in Sydney who shape and make the gay community. So make sure you join the DTF Club every Wednesday, 11 p.m. on Joy 94.9. Hey guys, you're listening to the DTF Club here on Joy 94.9. Now, if you just tune in, you're listening to the DNI Friends Club. So every single week, we have a guest from Sydney to come onto the show to talk about their life, to share their story with you, and share some of their favorite tunes and music with you. And this week, we have a very special guest. The super cute, super handsome, super talented Marcus Will. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and he's actually on the show this week to promote um, Homage. Um, a musical tribute night, which is happening on the 24th of October at the Factory Theatre. So make sure you get your tickets. You can go on Factory Theatre's web, Factory Theatre's website and get your tickets. It's on the 24th of October. And I will be there. I will be there. We can sit together and party together. You can sit with me. Yeah, great. <laughs> or sit with Marcus as well, because Marcus is super friendly. I'm around. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So before the break, we spoke about your childhood growing up um, in in Sydney and how you grew up in because uh, your mom uh, originally is from um, Malaysia, right? Mm. You've mentioned mm. my hood, my hood. Um, so you sort of grew up in being, um, can you say biracial, yeah. biracial, yeah, yeah. Eurasian, whatever they call it. Mm. Um, and we spoke about your experience, but what I want to understand a bit more is um, growing up queer, growing up gay um, in, in your community, in, in your childhood. What's your story like? What's your experience like? Mm. Well, I realized really pretty early on that I was only attracted to guys. Oh, no. That I, okay. I, I realized early on that I was attracted to guys. Uh-huh. It took me a lot longer to realize that I wasn't attracted to other people. Uh, okay. But I I worked it out and kind of told everyone straight away. I was like 12 or something. You were 12. 12, really young. Yeah. Uh, I suppose maybe partly because I was in a semi, like, gayish environment. I was in, like, a, a Catholic choir. Samaritan Cathedral Choir. Oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. So, like, all of the kids are these, like, little yeah. uh, little kind of sensitive boys yeah. Yeah. who mostly haven't had puberty. So, so they're all tenors at that time. <laughs> or singing tenors or altos. <laughs> they're, they're all higher, like, sopranos yeah. or trebles. Okay. Um, and I, I guess it wasn't a very... Uh, it wasn't like a hyper masculine environment that that it, that it is when you're in high school surrounded by boys, um, so it felt safe for me to tell people, and they were all mostly fine with it. 
so you came out in school first. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, in in like when I was in kind of year six, quite young. Uh, and you know, as we all know, coming out happens many times. So I, my parents didn't know until I was maybe sixteen. Mm. Mm. And how did they take it? They were yeah, they were fine. I think maybe my mum was like a bit immature about it. If anything, yeah, like like yeah. N- not sort of against it, but just um, maybe it took a while for her to understand that it was an equal type of desire mm. or sexuality. Mm. Um, what do you fine. mean by equal desire? Uh, yeah, I I th- I think. I think she she thought it was something that was like strange or silly about me, but it's no, it was like oh, it's just quite, a face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think she, I think she understood that this was the way I way I am. Uh, but I, yeah, it, t- it took some time for her to t- take it as seriously as it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is str- I think a strange response in some ways because mostly they're like, oh, we love you, it's fine. But I guess my family is isn't really like we don't really do things heavily it's always a bit light and uh casual almost yeah that's really cute because i remember my experience coming out to my mom when i was like eight, 17 or 18 on on the way to sydney on a plane and she didn't have a choice but to deal with it on the plane it was <laughs> it was horrible um, oh wow yeah but it seems like your experience was pretty pretty cool pretty like yeah. everyone was quite accepting i was definitely privileged to have that uh, have that sort of experience. I did go to an all-boys school in high school, though, and, and that was tough. Yeah. But more in the way that I kind of maybe changed myself in order to fit in better. So I was, like, the gay kid, but at least I was, you know, into sports and, like, not, like, oh. effeminate, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and, and Not I, into, like, Barbies and, like... Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, kind of, I kind of... I kind of... I, in many ways, regret the ways that I protected myself in order to, to fit, fit in. in. Yeah. Yeah. What sort of sports did you play? I played rugby and cricket and hockey. They're all very masculine things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it feels, it feels really weird today. Cause you know, I'm a long way from high school now and I'm a different person, mm. uh, but it's taken a long time for me to realize that it was a, a very diff, a very different experience. Mm. And and how influenced I was by my environment, especially being a teenager, uh, and and how much unle- unlearning I've had to do from, you know, the kind of boys' club attitude that that you get indoctrinated into in a in a all boys environment. Yeah. Now, because you've mentioned that you know being uh, biracial um, and being um, a gay kid hasn't really affected you much or it's been quite a pleasant coming out experience for you but how do you find um how's the music scene like though in regards to accepting those different sides of you i think these days it's it's all right yeah it's pretty good I these think, days <laughs> yeah well i I'm, I'm just thinking about how i guess i always the thing with me is that i always craved to see other people like me and to meet other people like me uh, in the scenes that I was part of. Yeah. And that never really happened, I guess, when I was younger. And I, I spent a long time, particularly in my 20s, in that pop group, kind of uh, 
maybe a, 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 as an extension of, of high school, like adjusting myself to be more palatable to straight people, I think, in some ways. Uh, and, you know, it's not that it's not that we're not accepted but it's that we're not around yeah. as much yeah it's, it's i know what you mean it's like when you're performing to an audience that's mm. primarily straight people it's a different it's a different thing it, like y- your whole physicality is different and yeah. and your Close aims you wear and the way you mm. Mm. the way you present and and express yourself in the last couple but, of years i've i've kind of made a choice to uh to not pander to the straight audience as yeah. much. Uh, I think it's helped in some ways that I've mostly been doing my solo stuff, which is just like quite sonically heavy and, and more confronting anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it's felt really good. And I've felt so much less stressed when I'm performing and, and less like I'm trying to, it's the same thing as being in high school, like, like wanting to be loved by straight people, wanting to be accepted by them. Um, now I, I, I don't feel the need to do that as much. Yeah, yeah, but I think everyone, especially when you're growing up, you feel like, you know, I need my friends to accept me for who I am or like try to do things to be accepted or even like growing up, you know, because I hear some people say that, oh, you, you know, maybe the family hasn't accepted them. or and But when you grow up, you become an adult, you can choose your family. You can choose your family. Yeah, you don't really have to, you know, if that doesn't like me for who I am, you know what, that's fine. You choose your family. Mm. And that's why community um, is, is so important. Um, but coming back to um, performing your solo stuff, do you have different identities when you perform? I think performance to performance, it, I feel different. Yeah. Sometimes I'm kind of outrageous and and over the top. Other times I'm like like really insular. And I think it depends on the setting. So yeah. I, I perform in, in a lot of different types of rooms, you know, big rooms, small rooms, like yeah. art galleries, music venues, so, outdoors. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So which version of Marcus Whale can we expect at Homage? Ah. The extra Marcus Whale or the more reserved intimate mark as well maybe both yeah maybe like all all of the above because i think the songs that i'm choosing to perform yeah uh range from really really fun and pop to like super super devastating and sad so i'm gonna have to like uh have a bit of range to to cover it all wow it's almost like your personality has to change on stage yeah, like, no, it, within like 10-15 minutes <laughs> mm. like a different person on stage and like hey I'm gonna you know get a drink come back and I'm a, you know a different guy <laughs> yeah I like that though I, I like the the violent the violent changes and contrasts yeah uh, I don't know why but I yeah, do yeah 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 okay well this song that you've chosen to perform a homage is by Twice a Van. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So are we gonna? Would love to see how you're gonna embody that that 18 year old blonde blonde hair. It's <laughs> he's, he's, all, he's older than 18. On stage. He's how like old 20, is he now? I think he's like 23. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, he was 18. Yeah. But I was 18. 18. You were 18. We were all <laughs> 18. 18. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah. The very young Twice a Van. I would love to see how you embody and perform that. Yeah. You're singing that that uh, your version, your take. Mm. It's the 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 sound of the track is quite different. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've done with it is is like 
pretty heavy, but it's still like I think super fun. Like it's really fun for me. Um, I just I think that song is amazing. Like, I, I am think- really intrigued now because yeah. on, on Spotify there's an acoustic version of that song performed live, and now you're saying you're gonna take it almost the opposite direction to that. The opposite and direction. Going pretty heavy. It's like heavy and electronic, like um, like a, a lot of distortion, but like, then also like like driving I, I guess like it'll be danceable um i perform it in my normal sets as well and it's the definitely the most fun song in the set okay so it's like fun but also like gothic i am definitely very intrigued and if you are curious as well to everyone who's listening right now if you are curious come and check out come and come and come with me come and see marcus will perform at homage on october 24th at um, Factory Theatre. So That's it. Check out Factory Theatre's website. Get your tickets right now. Um, but for now, let's play My 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 by Troy Savan here on John 94.9. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.